All right, we cool? Cool as a cucumber. There you go. This is the True North Collective Podcast, a gathering of unsugar-coated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12. Hi, I'm Janelle. I'm a Mario Kart superstar. I have acne on my shoulders, and whiskey tastes like college. Hi, y'all. I'm Jess. I'm a wannabe singer, creator of kick-ass Italian cuisine, and jalapeno kettle chip connoisseur. Hi, I'm Rachel. I played the clarinet for eight years. I went to CIA camp in high school, and I used to have a gripping fear of getting a paper cut in my eye as a child, and still do. Hi, I'm Preston. I don't want pets. I am an artifact hunter, and I don't like to use toilet paper. I use baby wipes. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. There it is. Was that There's good? There's so many things <laughs> interesting about that. So many Statement. things going on. Yeah, which one was good. the Which one was the most interesting? Oh well, I I think the pets. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I do no. birds, so it's fine. That's yeah. like bad for the environment, but whatever. What do you have? Yeah. You have birds. What, what was the third? What was the second one? The second was I'm an artifact hunter. Oh. <laughs> no, you guys like, don't know what, what that means. Like, no, what the fuck does that mean? You don't. It's, it's, it's more of a, uh, <laughs> not many people know about it, but we can get into it if I'd like, like to. at some point in yes. time. How about right now? Oh, okay, right yeah. now. Good. Yes. Um, <laughs> so artifact hunting is basically kind of like an Indiana Jones type thing where you're like, it's kind of like archaeology, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like redneck archaeology. So, how it works is basically, there's different methods, okay? So, there's some where you, uh, let's see, you get like a stick kind of thing, but it's like a rod. And then you drop it, and you kind of like pick and see if there's anything. Y'all, you know what, I need to get into this. Is this geocaching? No, no, it's not geocaching. So, they're like... It's kind of like, it's kinda like arrowhead hunting, okay. but you also find other stuff too. What kind so of things are you So first finding? one I ever did was, let's see, beginning kind of-ish of this summer, all right? And so we went out to East Texas in Louisiana. I got up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Dude, Louisiana, y'all. man. That is that is where all this weird shit's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> and there was so weird stuff <laughs> happening over here, okay? So there is, there's one of my family's friends, and we call him Digger Dan. So I've known Digger Dan for the past 10 years of my life, okay? And so Digger Dan, he, he's like a normal dude in my family, right? You know, just, we call him Digger Dan, and I was just like, I thought it was a funny name. So I was just like, oh, yeah, Digger Dan, haha, you know? So, you know, he always talks about all these artifact hunt things he goes on. I was like, dude, is, like, what is this? You know? And I was like, you know what, Digger Dan, I'm going to go with you. I, I, I just want to check it out. I want to yes. see what it is that you're doing. Because you, he does this like every other weekend, right? And he travels all over to go do this. All so over does, Louisiana, Texas, anywhere. Oh, states. Wow. Oh, yeah. Some people go do this like elsewhere. Okay. Anyway. But Texas is one of the best places to do it because you can actually dig for artifacts in Texas and it's legal. 
So no rules. No, no rules. rules. But what if you find it on somebody else's property? Isn't it like Oh, the, no, it has to be your own Isn't the castle rule? You, have, you know the castle rule? I do not know the castle. Oh, where, yeah. <laughs> you the, get shot. The no trespassing. Yeah. No trespassing get shot. Wait, is that I a real shoot thing? You. Yeah. In Texas, someone can it shoot you on your property and it's cool? absolutely a real thing. 110% real. Yes. So. Shit. So to Dicker Dan, so I go out and there's these guys from all over the U.S. here in like right next to Louisiana. And so we we go and we find all these different arrowheads and stuff. Okay, so and arrowheads is like a typical find. It's arrowheads. I found spoons. What? Um, people find bowls. Crazy. I found like real, like old nails of like houses from like the 1800s. Weird. I mean, so you just crazy. get a stick and you jam it in the ground. Well, it's sometimes that, or you like you can excavate the ground and then you put it on the screen and you cipher through it and then these arrowheads come i've also found like they call them birdies and they're like these little tiny arrowheads they put on the end of arrows and then i found like other ones that are like for spears anyway super cool and then you know that certain arrowheads and certain spearheads are from different parts of the u.s because of the types of stone ah that actually makes a ton of sense uh, usually the ones that you typically find are from like petrified wood because mm. it's like super hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, then there's also this type of quartz. So like we found like this quartz one, and it's from Arkansas because there's a lot of quartz up there. So you know like the tribe that came down. So it had to be some kind of battle or some person coming visiting from Arkansas. That's actually really cool. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But thing is, this Digger Dan I thought was a normal guy. He is like super well known out here. In the whole artifact artifact hunting. He's on every Facebook page, all this. People all the way from the East Coast knew who Digger Dan was. (laughs) They were like, oh, hey, my name's Dan. And he goes, Digger Dan. They're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're Digger Dan? And I'm sitting here going, this is Rebecca's husband. That's that's it. This is not the Digger Dan. You know, like, this is a joke. We call him Digger Dan. Uh, Anyway. So I started doing that. It's fun. Okay. But uh, right now, he's working on a place over in, like, central Texas. Got it. And it's it's pretty cool. They have, like, the the rights to go dig there. It's so crazy that you can be alive this long and, like, that he does this all the time. Like, people do things like this, and you, like, maybe would have died and never known that such a thing existed. 100%. So crazy. You know, just took a shot. Yeah. Wow. I love it. So when are you going next? You know, I've been trying to get with him. He's a busy guy, so he travels for work, mm-hmm. and that's how he can go do this. Because uh, like, whenever he gets done with a little travel, then he goes and goes and does these excavating. days. So I'm trying to keep in contact with him to keep doing it. But recently, I haven't done any. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really looking forward to going back. So and crazy. Doing this, but I love it. That's interesting. <laughs> Jess, I didn't know you wanted to be a singer. Oh, hell yeah. I can't sing for shit. I know. I was like, I didn't know you could sing. I can't. That's why I'm a wannabe Uh, singer, because I wish I could sing. I know lyrics to songs like no other, but my voice is just, you know, it's never going to be Beyonce or Lizzo or, you know, But we can try. We'll try in the car. Jess and I really like to sing to Lizzo in the car, which is like very, you know, basic white girl, but it's fine. (laughs) Said every girl ever, yeah. but yeah. it's our special bond. Yeah. What's your my go-to? Mom is very. What's my go-to song? Yeah. From Lizzo. 
Well, I don't care. Whatever. Your walk up. What is uh, it? Your walk up song. Is oh, my walk up song. Yes, yes. Um, that would good be morning. Good Morning. Uh, yeah. I kind of know that. I, uh, by oh, Max Frost. Sing it. Like Sing it. It's. Uh, good morning. Na 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 na. Good morning. Na 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 na. The rest of my life. Brand new day. I don't know. I'd have to like look at. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. It's like a '60s song, right? I don't know. I don't it's know. in movies, right? I don't, I don't know what it's from. Um, I think it's actually pretty new. Yeah, and then I, um, oh, wow. or it's I currently, I'll find um, it and link it in the show notes. What am I doing? Um, I have like a full length mirror now in my in my room, and I like to. I am currently putting on a dance routine for Boys by Lizzo, so Ooh. that's. But no one will ever see it. So. Why? It's like a thing uh, on Instagram. I just did it the yeah. other day. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And I know. I told Jess she needs to teach it to me, and then we can both do it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys should absolutely do that. <laughs> Joaquin, our friend Joaquin, lives like two feet away from here. Is he literally that close? Oh, yeah. He's super close. And he is a professional Michael Jackson dancer. And when I say professional, he's that good. He doesn't get paid to do it. But Do you say Joaquin? Joaquin? His name is Joaquin. Joaquin. Torres. We call him Torres. Oh. I thought you meant Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, no. no. We call Different him Joaquin. Joaquin. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. My walk-up song is um, John Denver, oh. Take Me Home, Country Road. I don't Take know. Me what home, it. it is just That's every so time it comes on, I just Marco Polo Janelle. It usually yep. comes on in the grocery store. <laughs> yep. That's the song that Dude, comes I love in. that song. You know, they played at like stadiums or something. And yeah. like, that's the one song that everyone's going to sing along to. It's such a good song. Yeah. Man. What's yours? Man, I think if I had a walk up song, yeah. I've always thought about this. If I'm walking up, like, you know, to the gates of heaven, I'm thinking, like, back in black. Really? It's like, oh, dum, dum, oh yeah, I can see that. Dum, yeah. Dum. Yeah, you know, I just like, I think that'd be sick. And yeah. I can't sing like that dude, even though I try. Yeah. Like 10 seconds in, like I'm black hoarse. Black. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I I thought you were going to Preston's into screamo music. Oh, love mm, Really? Yeah, uh-huh. I like all types of music, but screamo was one. I Not for vile. It, it had to grow on me. It had to grow I can't on. do it. I, can't I didn't realize it. Screamo is still popular. It's not. That's the thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I go to Warp Tour like every year. But actually, uh, this last time, it, that was the last one they're ever going to have. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's actually going to be Warped now. It's not going to be Warped Tour. Oh. So. So they still have one. It's just called something different. Yeah, but the last time we, me and one of my buddies, we dressed up like we were going to the Jimmy Buffett concert. Because, you know, they didn't have the Jimmy Buffett concert that year that we usually go to and go tailgate at. So we were like, you know what, we're just going to dress up like we're going to go to the Jimmy Buffett concert. And I'll tell you what, we got some weird looks. I'm sure. Weird I'm sure. looks. But it, it All right, so time. what's like the... T- What's the top screamo band then right now that you listen to? Because like I grew up on emo music. I'm very it's deeply rooted, but not necessarily screamo. So I'm curious if there's overlap. So there's a lot of good screamo bands out there right now, and but they're not as popular. But probably the one I like the most is I would say Beartooth. Nope. Beartooth is one it's of my favorite. They're kind of 
Um, they're not as hard into the screaming. This that was actually the band I got started on. So one of my okay. buddies I play baseball with, he absolutely just loves screamo, and he would play it all the time whenever we would carpool together to go to baseball games. We both play baseball together, and I I would actually get headaches from the screaming and like, the loud music. Oh, gosh. And I'd be like, hey man, can you just turn on your punk music like that? You know, I can tolerate that. You know. And then one time he played this song, and it, uh, I just actually liked it. I was like, whoa, like, can you just play that song, put it on repeat, you know? Because that's actually, yeah. like, not that bad. And so I don't remember what the song is right now, but I'm sure whatever. It's, it's good, though. It was good. And then from there, it just kind of steadily grew on me until mm. I freaking loved it. Yeah. So. Do, does Screamo, do Screamo concerts have mosh pits? Or is that oh, different? Do they have mosh pits? Okay. Oh yeah. And I have. I've <laughs> been to a. I've been to a screamo uh, show concert mm-hmm. once, and I had flip flops on. And my buddies that I was with, I was like up at the front. I was like, "This is so fun!" And then all of a sudden, they were like picking me up and taking me out oh, no. of the crowd because they were like, "You didn't see, but you were about to just get like wrecked." And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> So they saved my life. I appreciate that. Yeah, it gets dangerous in the day. Yeah, sure. it was really scary, actually, yeah. to watch. Not about that. No. So, Rachel, I have something funny to tell you. Okay. I was talking to Bij, and he goes, I always know that you're talking to Rachel and Marco Polo because I can hear her burp. She's oh, always burping. <laughs> Marco Polo. And I was like, I need to tell you this. My mom would be so proud like, right now. like, that must be Rachel. Literally, my mom would be so proud. I'm going to call her after this and tell her because she is the best burper in the whole world, and I'm terrible, and I, she makes fun of me constantly. We would have burping contests. I don't contests. think you're a terrible burper. Well, I'm not anymore because Dylan is the loudest burper I've ever met, and ever since I've lived with him for the last, like, six years, I, it's rubbed off on me. I'm really good. Is this, like, a sport? I mean, I can't fake burp. You know how people can, like, suck in the air and then burp? I can't do that. But if yeah, I had I a soda or something right now, ooh, I can really let her rip. So you're like you got some good Kind of. If you can't burp on command, I don't know if you're super I, That's why my mom makes fun of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, but what is he, how is he hearing me burp? In my recordings? Yeah, because you burp all the time oh my from God. Marco Polo. I, I do, and then this. I keep talking. And he won't even be in the room. Like, I don't listen to your Marco Polos normally when he's in the room, but he'll be like upstairs in his office. Stop. And I think the only thing he hears is the burp. (laughs) Oh, now I want to burp. He's like, you must be talking to Rachel. I hear a burp. He can't hear the conversation. He just hears the burp because he knows it's not me. Oh, I'm so not a lady. Yeah. Did he watch the Marco Polo that I sent to uh, the Ragnar group? He does, yeah. Well, you might also burp in there. That's probably also why you know. I said burp. I said something really inappropriate on that one, and he was watching, and so I knew he was watching, and I <laughs> I said it on purpose. Yeah, poor guy. Um, he's dating me. Are you kidding me? I know. Um, Janelle <laughs> and her boyfriend Beige, they call each other bra. That's like bra. their that's their pet names bra. for each other. That's Actually, it. currently I call him homie. It's transitioned. Okay. Bra, bra, bra is so funny, though. When you guys were doing that, I was just like, it's so weird, but I really like it, kind of. 
thrown out. Yeah. Um, okay, should we introduce our guests? Yeah. All right. Um, so we're doing kind of a different one tonight, today, um, where we're mashing up people who haven't really ever met each other ever. And we're going to see how it goes. So I uh, have a friend, Preston Bowers. He recently graduated from Dallas Baptist University here in Dallas, Texas. And um, he and I worked together and just, um, I, was, I was sharing with him today, like he is like on his Instagram, he's like a frat boy, pretty boy, and like totally the type of person that I would have like judged immediately and been like, get away from me, you're a douchebag. And the more I got to know him, he's just like has so many layers of interesting things that he's been through and done. And I can't believe you're only 23. And so I'm really excited that you're here. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Yeah. And I'll introduce the other voiceover here, Jess Sohn. Jess is, well, she was a coworker of mine. Um, that's how we originally met, but now has turned into a dear friend and I was actually just telling her when I first moved to slow and I was trying to make friends here, I wrote in a notebook, my, my list of friends that I was actively trying to target. This is very strategic. And Jess was in my top tier or tier one, <laughs> uh, targeted friend group. So now we are great friends, but I love Jess. She's honest. She's fun. She's outgoing. Um, and definitely just like someone that I have very natural and easy friendship so I'm excited that she's here just to kind of share some of her her life experiences that we've chatted about over the last I guess it's been over like a year and a half now oh thanks girl love you Janelle love you too wait you had you have a hierarchy of friends Janelle this is like my space are you in my top eight or are you not no uh, no, when I first moved here, I was trying to be, this is actually, it sounds weird, but I found it because I was trying to be really intentional. I'm like, okay, I, I want to make friends here. And I'm like, who are the people that I want to be friends with? And so then I was like, okay, let's figure this out. So like Jess was in the people. I'm like, no, Jess is going to be someone I hang out with all the time. She's going in like this tier. And then, you know, you kind of have like a, friends that you, maybe you're not like super, super close with, but you hang out together and you have fun together and they're still great, but they're not like the people that you're going to call and like cry to or ask their mom for their carpet cleaner or something I just did with the job. I don't know. You know, like there's like the different levels of friendship. So I was just I like to write things down. That's so funny. I it, but. I no no no. <laughs> I actually remember you talking about Jess right away. Like when you were like, I don't have any friends here, but then there was always Jess was always there. So I do remember that. So thank you for being there for her. That's awesome. Yeah. Jess was in the originals. She also interviewed me for my job, so <laughs> I did. Oh, you're part of the interview. I did, job. and I judged you super hardcore. Oh uh, yeah, she didn't like me at first. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Proved her wrong. She she kept on doing one of those. Uh, oh, what's boy. the gesture like where you put your hand under your chin and like tilt your head? Oh yeah, I do that yeah. all the time. I tell she my always. She did that. I that about four times during her interview, and then I kind of just blamed it on her maybe being a little nervous mm -hmm. or maybe that was like her true personality coming out and I was like I mean I don't know how I feel about her <laughs> but like that's the thing that caught my eye out that of all of so it. That is so funny. And I think my thing was always when we interviewed people we're such a small town and she was coming from you know Wisconsin from a big town 
And it's a lot different living here. So it's like to be prepared for that in your or mid twenties, late early thirties. It's it's an interesting place to live. Yeah, yeah. we gotta are make you, the most. So, Jess, are you from Seoul? I am from Ventura, California, okay. which is about two hours south from here. Okay, but you went to college here. But I went to college here. Been here going on eight years. What's the college that's there? Uh, Cal Poly. Oh yeah. Or California. Polytechnic yeah, University. Yeah, yeah. I think I had a Cal Poly sweatshirt. Not because of anything other than I liked how it looked, which is very weird. Is it green? <laughs> it was, no, it was blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a California Polytechnic University in Pomona. I don't know. Um, in <laughs> California, so maybe from there. I don't know. My, my parents moved up to the San Francisco area. When I went to college, I went to Indiana University. I'm the oldest, and they were like, you can't go to any coast schools because you won't be able to concentrate. And so, and (laughs) literally, well, then literally, I get into Indiana, and then they're like, we're moving to California. And so, they they had to drop me off like two weeks early at school, and so I had to do IU beginnings, which is like two weeks of camping before school starts with all the other kids that get dropped off early. And I got to learn how to roll my kayak or canoe, maybe. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't canoe. It was a kayak. And, like, all this outdoor adventure stuff. But anyways, they basically, like, literally in four hours dropped all my stuff on the curb. And then we're like, peace! And they drove to California. So, um, but when I stayed there for the summer, I remember getting that sweatshirt. So I don't know what school it was for, but I loved it. Don't have it anymore. Anyways. Rip that sweatshirt. Memories. Yeah, memories. Um... So Jess, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, So I am a twin. I have a brother, so that's always unique about me, and I don't think about it as much anymore, but that's kind of how I defined myself before I went to college. Um, We both went to different colleges. He went to a college up in Oregon. I went to Cal Poly, and... That was the first time that I finally had to learn how to be on my own. Um, I always kind of had a buddy, and then the buddy was gone. So I had to learn how to make my own friends, how to do my own things without having someone by me. So that was really interesting. Um, Started out as a graphic design major and then realized I am way too extroverted for that for four hours of quiet lab time for all of my classes. So that was like 20 plus hours a week. I was like, uh uh-uh. And then I decided to look into different majors, was hunting around, and then my advisor said, have you heard of Recreation Parks and Tourism Administration? I was like, does that mean I have to be a park ranger? And she said, no, that's not what that is. And I was like, okay, I'll take a look. And basically I, had I ended up graduating with that and it's a BS um, and it is event management tourism administration so learning about the parks and rec system and then also sport management so I came out of there with a lot of random things um, and then I was currently dating someone that was still going to school so I was like well maybe I'll try to find a job in slow And MindBody is the largest employer in San Luis Obispo. And I said, I'll give myself three months. 
ended up at MindBody and been there ever since. With This is my second position in MindBody now. Um, was in HR, now I am currently working in corporate IT as an executive assistant, which I absolutely love. And um, I get to learn a lot of things from a bunch of nerds, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is also like literally the queen of events too. Like even when, because we both worked in human resources together, HR, and she planned her holiday party, and even like we'll hang out in San Luis Obispo, and she'll be like, oh, well, I toured this hotel, and I've been here, and then like she just knows all of the things. So if you ever need a tour guide in slow, if you choose to come here, Jess is your or girl. Some discounts or yeah, some free stuff. Yeah, she got like discounts. She knows all the people. She's got the hookups. I know the people. I'm in. I want to visit. Yeah, <laughs> you do need to. I know. I didn't realize that you guys were in HR at MindBody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think learning and development is always in HR. Yeah. But um, it was for us, which made our job, I feel like, kind of challenging at times because mm-hmm. um, we were so connected. Yeah. HR is a weird department to go into. Yeah. Learned like, people, a lot. Yeah. You definitely learn a lot. And then there's always like people like, you HR? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm and HR. And then, they can't talk, and then they can't talk to you anymore? And then, but, well, no. They do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> They're also like, wait, you HR? Because I've heard you talk. I was like, <laughs> learning and development was like the fun part of HR, though. You like, yeah. you didn't come to us and get in trouble. Yeah, like, right, you right. You came to us to get onboarded and, like, we were your first buddy. <laughs> yeah. We have first here and they're smacking their tails. We have different dogs. We're not at my house today. We're oh, at a friend's house. That's why you're oh, so yeah. clear. Two new dogs. Yeah. Better internet out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, all three of you guys are in IT. Well, tech. Tech. So tech. I, I'm a IT recruiter. Is that, but that's still tech. It's oh, still. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's HR. It's HR and tech. I know. Oh, yeah. Worlds collide. Okay, Preston, so, tell us about you. How'd you get here? It's a windy fucking road. Yeah, I mean, where, where do I begin? Do I begin at birth? No. You <laughs> <laughs> do not have time for that story. Yeah, I mean, heck no. Uh, so, okay, let's see. I graduated from Prosper High School. So after that, I went to school down in Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I was a finance major. I got into a whole lot of different stuff that just kind of led me down a trip that was not so hot. Um, And then after that, uh, I went on to go to Dallas Baptist University. uh, And then I majored in biblical studies there. And so my plan was to go and get my master's in philosophy and then go on to get my doctorate and then become a professor of philosophy. I still love philosophy, it's great. Um, So my dad ended up getting sick um, and so my parents couldn't afford for me to go to master's school. So, and this is my senior year. And so I was like, oh gosh, we gotta change it up here. And so got through senior year, got a lot of help from uh, actually sponsor of my fraternity. Uh, helped me out, got all my school almost paid for the whole thing. So cool. It was so great. And then after that, I went to work for a, um, so it's a car, it's kind of complicated. Basically, it was like an IT place. Uh, I went there for two months, and then I went over to 
um, work as an IT recruiter over there in Plano, which yeah. is like right north of Dallas. Aren't you Canadian? So, yes, this is kind of, I had a weird upbringing. So my mom came down to Texas from Calgary to go to school at this little tiny college with probably like 2,000 people. How she ended up there, no idea. And so after that, uh, my dad was currently going to some community college. And so they met there at some college party, and then they got married. Didn't have me until like nine years later. Craziness. And so, yeah, I grew up in a Canadian-Texan household, which was really weird because, so in kindergarten, you know, you're, you're telling, actually, this is preschool, sorry. So in preschool, you're, you're saying your ABCs. Well, I had learned my ABCs from my mom. The thing is, is Z in Canada is Z. So when we're all singing our ABCs in preschool, you hear my voice. You know, everyone's like, you know, X, Y, and I say Z. Do you still say Z? No, I don't. Do you say zebra? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. They also no. say that. Yes. And so, like, you know, everyone's like, it's Z, Preston. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's Z. And they're all going, really? Like, no, it's not. It's, it's Z. And I'm like, you're wrong. You're wrong. And then the preschool teacher, she gets in there and she's like, no, Preston, it's, it's Z. And I was like, well, mama said it was Z. <laughs> so that was, that was interesting. A little upbringing. And I liked hot tea. I didn't like cold tea. And then you have this weird, like, Canadian Texan accent that was just odd. Because my dad, he looks like... Sam Elliott from like the ranch, right? He's got this big old mustache that like covers his lip and he's like super country guy. And then you got my like proper English mom who, you know, is just super, you know, she likes her little hot tea. She has tea parties all the time with her friends and all that jazz. And then my dad, you know, he just likes hunting and fishing. So it was different. So opposites attract. They do. And they are quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty funny. So Preston, yes. I have a really important question because the one thing I know about you when we were originally trying to set up our podcast recording, oh, I was no. told I could not email you. I had to call you. This is concerning. Tell me more about this. <laughs> Do you well, not email? So prior to having, prior to being an adult, I, uh, you know, and you know, everyone, you know, is an adult if you're over 18, right? But Prior to graduating college, I never checked my email. So I think I had about 15,000 messages in my inbox. So this is actually, I was in college still when we were setting this up. Oh yeah, that's right. And so, you know, I was just like, hey, what's the best way to contact you? And I was like, do not email me. <laughs> I was like, it's not gonna happen. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I got like, you know, at that point it was maybe like 14,000 something. I got up to 15. But then there's this nice little select all and then read, figure that out. Now I check my email literally multiple times a day. Yeah, so I could have job. emailed you for this. Oh, you That's could have emailed Oh, good in. lord. But hey, you know because what? Because I, I was avoiding this. Like, <laughs> yes. Which was like, reach out to this guy, Preston, and I was like, I'm not giving that dude a phone call. Like, we're gonna, <laughs> I was like, can I email him? She She's was like, like no. why? I'm like, you will I not know. respond. I was like, I don't know, he's like old school or something, just call um, his ass. And, and at that point, I was so busy in college. <laughs> like, Rachel can attest this. I would yeah. come into work, and I would just be like a walking zombie. Yeah. So, you know, I was working at, you know, Lulu full-time, and then I was also going to school full-time. 
And then I was president of my fraternity. Yeah. And it was like... I used to coach him and we'd be like trying to prioritize what was most important and how do you... Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. You figured it out, though. I figured it out and I got through it. Yeah. But, wow. No, I never checked my email. I also never looked at my text messages. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to get a hold of me, you called. Yeah. Yeah. But now you can email. Oh, now? I know. I was so annoyed. I was like, I called you. I left a message. And then you just texted me back. I was like, that? Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) I like specifically made sure to leave a message. (laughs) I appreciate it, though, because I am the old one of the group. But back when I was first starting in the work world, people would always be like, do not email me. Like, get your ass up and come walk by my desk. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, all right. Well, I can, I can appreciate somebody who's like, no, we're going to have an actual phone conversation. Yeah, and I, honestly, I prefer, I don't really, like, you know, any friends or anything, they know if they want to get a hold of me, I'm not going to respond to a text message. Yeah. So they call me. Yeah. I guess we're real that. friends. No. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of on that boat too, like, if someone's trying to get a hold of me, if they're going to text me, I probably will take a while to respond. And if they call me, I'll probably pick up if they're my friend. And then <laughs> if work, I actually started um, telling them to call me if it was important. And now they do. But now I ignore their calls because <laughs> I don't want to talk to these uh, annoying vendors. So, you know, yeah. there it backfires. But um, I genuinely like talking to people in person more than pretty much anything else. So yeah, I agree. That's why I like phone calls. Yeah. That's why I like Marco Polo. Cause me too, girl. I just love it. Do you know Marco Polo? My mom is a huge Marco Polo. (laughs) (laughs) And so she tries, she's actually more technologically advanced as far as like the iPhone Mm. and all the phone stuff goes. Mm. So she she sends me those little like bitmojis or whatever. Oh yeah, are all the time. <laughs> yeah. She's the one that got me on gifts, so now I love gifts. I send gifts like so. My boss will text text me. He's like, "Hey, I'm in a meeting over at blah blah, blah company. Like, I'm not gonna be in this morning." And so now me and my other coworker we're on the same team, and so we just send gifts back, just re- like not even pertaining to what he said, just random <laughs> gifts. I love gifts too. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, thank you for calling it a gift too and not a GIF. Yeah, because agreed. people call it a GIF here and it drives me up the wall. So, Think of like Jiffy peanut butter. Yes, like, like I don't peanut butter. Wanna... Mm-hmm. Fun oh. fact the GIF, it's actually the, the person that created the GIF calls it GIF. Really? And so that is why people call it GIF. Oh. It's wrong. I am not so wrong. wrong. I'm just going to look at a G and I'm going to say good yeah. and not the J sound. Legit. Shoot. Yeah, so I hope I didn't ruin your day with that one. But <laughs> I'm a little, it's kind of sad, actually. I'm going to disregard everything you just said. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out or something. No, that's okay. We'll let him have Jeff, but we'll still call it Jeff. <laughs> it's not a Jeff. No. Yeah. Um, Preston, are you open to talking about switching schools and like why you did? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. So, um, one of the reasons that I was like excited, one of the reasons that I like loved having breaks with Preston was because every time I talked to him, there was like always something new that I would learn. And I have just been so floored by your ability to just like navigate life really fluidly, like whether it's by choice or whether it's like thrust upon you. Um, 
And so when he was going from Corpus Christi, is that right? Mm-hmm. To um, DBU, it was because he was really, really enjoying life. And so can you talk a little bit about just that experience of like going for life and then realizing like, oh shit, there's something wrong here. And like, how did you know? And how did you know where to go? Um, Yeah. What was that like at a really young age? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, So I think it's going into school um, you know, there's all the, you know, the hype of like the, you know, the parties and the sleeping around and doing all that stuff, right? And um, I guess like going into it, I kind of had this void and um, tried to fill it with like, you know, drugs, like alcohol, like... What do you mean a void? Like, I don't know. I guess I was looking for something more. I was looking for something more. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. And I get I get to college, and, like, the thing that I was trying to fill the void with only just made a bigger hole, a bigger void, I guess. And so, yeah, I ended up getting, you know, hooked on drugs and, like, you know, going to college. Like, I was a healthy athlete. Like, you know, I played baseball. It was great, awesome. I worked out. I also got into, like, bodybuilding for a little bit. It was so much fun, you know, like... I went from, you know, eating, you know, like trying to count my calories, right? And then like working out six days a week, only getting like one cheat meal a week. And then, you know, I get to college and now all that went out the window, right? And like I didn't eat, you know, because I was just, you know, constantly just on something. And, you know, I dropped to 160 pounds when I was 210 pounds. So I lose 50 pounds in two semesters. Um, I mean, I came home from winter break and my mom, you know, she saw me and like, I'm usually like, you know, more tanner, you know, usually and I went to school Corpus shoot. Mm-hmm. I should have been super tan, but I mean, I was pale and like, I was skinny and my mom was like, what in the world are you doing? And so, you know, I, you know, my mom actually caught me. I was, I was smoking weed in the garage and, you know, my mom was like, what are you doing, Preston? You know? And. You know, I come from, like, you know, Christian household, and so that was just something that was, like, not okay for her. And, you know, also caught some other stuff, you know, other, you know, drugs and stuff, too. And so it was, um, so it's actually something that kind of, like, the first kind of seed that, like, really just kind of really got me was whenever I was driving home with my granddad. Actually, we weren't driving home. He's, he's from Canada, right? So he's actually a pastor over there in uh, Calgary. And so he... Oh, man. Sorry. I'm just like... Uh-huh. Um, so we were driving to, like, Home Depot. I don't know. Something like that, right? We're, like, working on some project at the house. And my granddad's like, hey, so, uh, you know, I heard mom kind of getting mad at you, you know? Like, you don't have to tell me, but, like, what were you getting in trouble for? And I was like granddad you're the last person I want to tell like you know yeah. you're a freaking pastor dude like you know like and I was like I don't know what made me tell him what what I was doing but I was like yeah you know mom got me for you know smoking weed in the garage and he was like you know Preston like you know this is all he said this is all he said he was like Preston 
I don't care what you do. Like, you're my grandson, and I'll always love you. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is coming from a dude that, you know, thinks if, like, you know, you just name it. Like, you know, you would think that would be, like, one of the most, you know, judgmental people. Mm-hmm. But, like, he wasn't. Yeah. And I was just like, that. that's incredible. Like, what is it, like, that's in him that's, like, having him do that, you know? And so, you know, I go back to college, and honestly, like, you would think that would kind of make me, like, steer away from all, like, trying to fill that void, right? I'd be like, oh, well, I'm just going to be, you know, a better person, right? No. I ran completely in the other direction. Um, And then finally, it came to one night, and, like, you know, I had had two minor strokes up until this point. And I, you know, was all drugged out, and I'm, like, laying in this bathtub. And I'm like, this is it, guys. Like, I'm done. Like, adios. Like, I can't, I can't feel my body. Like, my body's cold. Like, and, like, I can't talk. And, you know, my buddies won't take me to the hospital because, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. Right? Dude, that's crazy. So, you know, I was like, you know what? This is it. And I was so afraid to close my eyes because I was like, I'm not waking up. You know? And whether or not I was going to die, it doesn't matter doesn't matter. Um, but that next morning, I just, like, I woke up, and it was, like, like, you know, I, at least for me, like, in my, like, religious experience, like, you know, like, it was like I just kind of got slapped in the face. Like, I had just come to the lowest point of my whole life. And, you know, shoot, my whole life, it would only been, like, 19 years at that point, right? So not that much. And I was just like, how did I get here? And then, I don't know, it was just, like, this overwhelming sensation. Um, It was, like, you know, I call it, it was my come to Jesus meeting. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that it was, like, you know, I had heard in church and all the time, but I didn't really pay attention. I didn't really care. Um, One of the biggest things was, like, you know, like, you know, talk about grace, talk about grace, talk about grace. I was, like, gosh, like, in grace, like, you know, you get... You do something, there's repercussions. You know, that's all I ever heard growing up. You know what I mean? That's that's all I experienced in the world. But it was like in this one moment, I just felt like this overwhelming rush of just, like, grace in that moment. And, I mean, I, it, it got me to my knees, like, physical knees. And I was bawling for, like, hours, you know? And, you know, I was so, I was so pumped up. So I was like, you know what? Like, you know, I, I really believe, like, this, this was, like, a moment, like, you know, God's really forgiving me for, like, everything I did, and I had, like, a restart button, and so, ever since that point, like, you know, didn't, didn't look back on the drugs, like, it was, I was done, like, all in that one moment, Hmm. um, and, like, you know, we talk about, like, so, like, you know, that, like, you know, I asked for, like, you know, you know, God forgive me, and, like, you know, come into my heart and whatnot, and so, like, Christians talk about, like, there's, there's difference between, like, sanctification in salvation, like, salvation is a push of a button. As soon as you decide, hey, like, I'm leaving everything I got, and I'm following Jesus, like, that's a push of a button. You're safe, right? But then there's sanctification, and that's, like, the process of, I guess, like, kind of dying to yourself, you know? And so, like, that's, like, leaving everything, like, you know, for me, that was, like, drugs. Like, that was one of those, that was just, like, a grace moment. But, like, you know, other stuff, like, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an example. I can't come up with anything. 
But, you know, I, I wasn't a perfect person coming out. I mean, like, you know, but it was just like a process of just every day just progressing. And, like, that was the goal is, like, progressing to, like, get to a point. Well, I think, honestly, you never get to a point. You're just going to keep doing it until you die, right? Um, just every day, just making it a point to, like, be a better person, not just for yourself. Like, you're not just living for yourself. Like, you're living for other people, mm-hmm. you know? And just to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. I What I love about that, I didn't know about your grandpa, but what I heard in it was that him telling you, like, I love you, no matter what it is, like, the power of that simple space that he created or, like, seed that he planted for you to, like, know you're right. You kind of, like, were you know, didn't outright reject it, but you went the other direction. But eventually when you got to your crossroads, I would be hard pressed to imagine that something in what he said wasn't able to kind of like pull you forward a little bit. Oh yeah. You know? And Uh like just the power of like, I don't know. I find it all the time. Like the simple act of just like even looking in somebody's eyes or like listening to them when they're at, a low point or confused or scared or whatever and just being like I can sit here with you and it's uh-huh. okay like the power of that is just wild thank you for sharing that because yeah, I know no. that's I don't know yeah no absolutely I mean I think you're right like I think sometimes someone just wants like you know that safe place to just talk about things and like it, you know and especially know somebody mm-hmm. will just sit there and like accept you for who you are like regardless of what you've done I think that's honestly like anyone that's everything everyone's asking for yeah totally thank you for sharing yeah no (laughs) yeah thank you something I would love to talk about because I know Jess and I have kind of talked about this and I think it's similar but the process of getting out of college because I think that's such a huge transition for so many people like in college you're focused on getting your degree you have your community you're it's it's challenging in so many ways and then at the same time you're also sort of protected in in many ways and then you get done with college and it sort of feels like you just got chewed up and I, at least for me like I got chewed up and I got spit out and I was like what what the heck do I do now like I was like on the other side of this and and what's next so I'm just curious like from kind of multiple perspectives like we were talking about before we're all different different amounts out of college like what that experience was like graduating and then trying to establish yourself as an adult um yeah I'll go first um I think my situation was I don't want to say interesting but I I had a long-term boyfriend um for a little over three years and was dating him as I graduated college and then um the turkey drop kind of happened but was interesting because I was out of college and he wasn't um and then I kind of found myself stuck in my college town that was small I think it's hundred thousand or so that's small to me um and I was like well do I stay here and I had only been in my career for, I don't know, maybe five, six months. And luckily, the team that I was on, my manager was super awesome and was very open with him. And he definitely helped me stay. Um, mind body, 
like I have never met better people. I've worked at a lot of different places and they're just awesome. Um, overall, um, any department you walk in, they're just really gravitating. And I don't think if it wasn't for my team that I was on, I probably would not be here still. Um, which is fine. Could have had another journey, but I, I ended up staying and then, um, kind of started realizing after that year of post-grad, everybody that lives in this city that went to Cal Poly, um, they leave. And that's pretty standard because the job market here is pretty rough. Um, and so I found myself with all of my friends leaving and I didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I kind of fell into a little bit of a depression and then I kind of got into a new relationship to, I feel like I almost did it because I was lonely and ended up meeting like, I mean, he was, he's an amazing person. We're not together anymore, but, um, he kind of saw me through this really rough time in my life and I'm finally kind of on the tail end of it and out of it. But gosh, it's hard. I, you know, going from being in college to where you're surrounded by friends 24 seven that you can call up or you see them on campus and then having no one is just this really weird feeling, especially for someone who I clearly get, you know, recharged by being around people. I didn't know how to do that anymore. Um, so it was a lot of going to work and going home and then having nothing and, you know, crying all the time and being, you know, feeling like no one feels this way. And it was super rough. And I don't know, I just, I kept trying to push through. And I think it was just like, I was living in this hole of like, having this one person that I was with trying to fulfill everything I needed and not realizing until maybe I don't know, six, eight or eight months ago that no one can do that for you, even though a million people will tell you that. (laughs) I didn't believe it until I think I could push through. And I finally started, you know, slowly making friends. And that's that's awkward as hell when you're an adult because everybody's kind of like set in their ways. And you're like, how do I even go about talking to someone? And, you know, I've made a lot well, not a lot, but I have a few like really good friends from Mind Body, Janelle being one of them. And then um, I start, I joined a gym, and then I made um, I've made two really great friends there. But other than that, like it's really hard to meet people after college. Like, where do you meet them? <laughs> um, I mean, it's workplace, gym. Um, I just took an unconscious bias class or training today, and it was like get out of your comfort zone and join random groups that are different than you and like maybe you'll find a friendship in that or just learn more about people and so I was like oh maybe I'll try that and I think over the last like six months I've just tried doing new things and I've met a lot of new people that way regardless if they're in my life long term or not I've kind of learned that you don't need a lot of friends you just need a few that are really fucking awesome and even if they don't live near you that's okay Um, but as long as you're still connecting with them by calling them every day or texting them or sending memes or Snapchats or whatever, um, you can still stay connected to them. And I don't know, now I'm like the happiest I've ever been, but that took a really long, long time. I feel like, I mean, it took like a better half of three years. So 
I don't know. I had to find my my new rhythm again, and I found it. So it's good feeling. It's been really cool as your friend because I mean I haven't known you that entire three year period, but I know like so much of when I first met you and like we got to the point in our friendship where we could actually talk about things and a lot of what you're saying and like one, I still feel levels of that. Like you and I have talked a lot about loneliness because that's something that I feel like is just like chronic for me, like feeling lonely or feeling like I want, I want to feel more connected and like actually surprisingly moving to a smaller town in San Luis Obispo, like I feel like I have more friends now than I actually ever have. Um, even when I was living in a bigger city, but like we connected on that, but it's been really cool. So to see, even though it's been hard at times, I know for you and like, even as your friend, like you obviously want to see your friends happy, but like you've progressed and grown so much. And like, so being that outside perspective too, has been like, I, I feel like I'm always over here just like celebrating the growth that I've seen in you because I know I can relate to that too, even when I graduated college and just feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing or being in, I think a couple of us mentioned this even before the podcast, like being in relationships and I'm like, I don't even know I'm in this relationship. Like I'm just in it because I don't have any friends and like, I care about this person. They're like pretty much my only friend. Like I know I shouldn't maybe be dating them, but they're like, all I got, they're like my best friend, but not my partner, if that makes any sense. Um, but like not even being willing to get out of that relationship just because I was like, well, I don't like other than my, I mean, I have a great supportive family, but other than my family, like I don't have any friends. Like what a, what am I going to do if I leave this person? Cause I don't, I haven't prioritized making friends and actually having them and yeah, like meeting them when you move to, or when you leave college and people move away and then all of a sudden you're like, what do I do? <laughs> I feel like we related a lot on that. And I'm like, yes, like I've been there. I'm still sometimes there. <laughs> yeah. It's a back and forth motion. I don't think I'll ever be, no one's a hundred percent mental healthy all the time that yeah, would be no. crazy mm-hmm. so we are I know I'm on a, yeah <laughs> I know I'm gonna upswing I did a lot of um therapy that I actually gave a shot at because I've had a lot of bad experiences and I finally found someone that I jam with and he cusses and it's great <laughs> um but you know I'll probably be back on the other side and, and in his chair again someday just because you know it's a journey and you might not need it 24 seven, but you go through ups and downs in life and, you know, and it's okay to go do that. And I didn't think it used to be. So yeah. it's super cool to come to that realization too, as a person. There's like a level in, cause even Janelle knowing you before you moved and then moved and now you're like, you're kind of on the other side of the hill a little bit of just like feeling like I don't did I make a mistake moving out here and stuff um there's like a tenacity in every single one of your guys stories of you know even though you hit a roadblock or it looks different it's like okay what's this a bite-sized chunk that I can try different today and see where it gets me and then like you slowly start to build that confidence in yourself and even just what you were saying it's like okay yeah I'm on an up right now and I know that that's not forever and you are experiencing the up and you know that you can get through that and like Preston going through what you did and like seeing that you've been able to overcome and face stuff like that is something that you can take with you when the human part of us comes back and is like I'm here to fuck with you again. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I can speak for myself. I've 
I feel like transition is like a constant for me or like the norm. Um, I for sure, I like numbed right out after college and I just went right into like the corporate starting climbing the ladder. And so I remember that it was like, I can relate into like intellectually to the fact that in the real world, it's harder to find friends because the construct is like not totally there, but I just joined like advertising in a corporation. And so then I just got spoon fed a whole new environment of the same thing. Um, and I just kind of kept going until for me, it's like I shaved my head. I started, I moved to another country and then I decided to totally shift careers. And in that, I think that's when I started to experience like I knew that I was different, but I just kept doing the next thing I was supposed to until I finally realized I can't do this anymore. Um, and then at that point, I for sure went through like the identity crisis. Like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> what Do I know what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And then, um, you know, slowly by slowly, slowly by slowly, that makes no sense. Day by day. <laughs> Um, just trying things and like saying yes was a huge, when I moved to Canada, it was like, I knew nobody and I would always show up to, to shit and people would be like, oh my God, we always invite people and no one ever <laughs> actually says yes and then shows up. And then I was like, do you not want me to be here? And they're like, no, <laughs> this is awesome. And so it's same as you, Jess, it was like, I just started saying yes to whatever got people excited. Oh. Siri, no. Um, whatever pe other people were excited about, I would just show up and then I'd meet people and then sometimes they stuck and sometimes they didn't. And then each transition, I wouldn't say it gets easier, but I know a little bit more what to expect from myself in terms of like, oh, three months, the first three months, it's going to suck really bad. So you're probably going to cry a lot. So just be okay with it. <laughs> um, so I think just being aware and present and then choosing to just like keep picking myself up and showing up even when I feel like again this sucks so I don't know even at 36 you can expect to, <laughs> to be going through like something looking the way that you got comfortable with it looking and then having to rely on the essence of who you are without having to rely on the form that maybe existed previously so mm. yeah I've always been told like you know life can sometimes be just one big identity crisis <laughs> that feels like, true <laughs> like, no matter yeah. like no matter what stage of life you're at like you know we kind of make fun of like more like the teenagers right or like you know the kids going through puberty who are like you know they're putting the hair in front of their eyes or like they just come out this wacky new look that like the parents are going, what in the world are you doing? And it's like they're, they're trying to find themselves, you know, but like, you know, we can look to like, you know, like Sean White, like what, what's the first thing that popped in your head? Snowboarder, right? Um, you know, you think of um, like Nolan Ryan, he's a pitcher, right? And so I think we have to, like, we're trying to all find this, like, identity of, like, you're one thing. You're one thing. Just because, like, the people that you look up to, you, you know them for one thing. And, I mean, you got to think, like, you know, 
Sean White's not just a snow word. Like, he's a son of, like, a mother, right? Like, he, you know, not a dad now, right? I don't think. I don't keep up with Sean White. Yeah. But, you know, like, he might be a dad. You know what I mean? And so, like, you, you, you have, like, I think we tie one identity to somebody when really they're wearing so many. Mm-hmm. But it's not that you're being fake. It's not that, like, oh, wow, like, you like skateboarding, but then you also like country music. Like, you're fake, dude. You know, like, like no, man, you got to listen to punk music and, like, rock. Like, yeah. that's it. Or, like, I don't know what the heck skateboarding yeah. to them. But, like, you know, like, just because, like, you have all these different interests, all these different hobbies, like, it doesn't mean that, like, you're fake. Mm-mm. It doesn't mean that, like, you're not being authentic. I think it just means, like... You, you have interests in whatever it is, like whatever hobbies is, like all of those combined like makes up you. Like that's your fingerprint. Yeah. Like, it is you int- are your identity. It's interesting though because when you go out in the world and you're like, it's so big and overwhelming that to hone in on like, I'm a dancer. And now then you find your dancer people and then you're like, who is a dancer? A dancer is this. And so then it's almost like it can be very easy to just like sh- um, shut down the parts of you that don't fit that identity Um, when really the actual interesting stuff is when you know people can show up within that sphere and bring all the sides of themselves and then you're like oh shit and Mm -hmm. really everyone is so much more exactly to your point but um it feels unsafe it feels scary at first and so it's like i'm gonna just stick to this little triangle version of me and you know until you can't anymore. At least that's what happens to me is I'm like, I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. You must know that I burp really loud, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, no one's a cookie cutter. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I really appreciate you for, um, actually Dallas too, because every person when they said, when I was like, I'm moving to Dallas, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to, you are Austin. You are not Dallas. And I was just like, <laughs> Okay, and honestly, I was a little pissed off about it because it didn't allow me to show up here with, like, an openness to... There is so many amazing people here. But, you know, there is... I mean, there's a lot of people here who, you know, wear more makeup than I do or, like, dress up more and um, are really religious. And I'm really proud of myself for not... For being open to experiencing people and all their layers even though I was feel like I was really set up to like Dallas people are just this one way because <laughs> they're not they're so there's so much and even talking to you about like you know you have a strong faith but there were times when you atheist or agnostic oh totally I yeah I hate it. yeah and like I, I can't I never expected that I was going to have such really cool philosophical conversations about the extremes with people here and they're actually really open to it. And so I'm really glad that I am getting to experience, um, the chance to step past my like perceived judgments and to recognize that people are not cookie cutter, even though I knew it because I know that about myself, it's still really easy. Like we all have our people that we stereotype for whatever reason oh and i think sometimes that reason is probably because people people are afraid 
you know, like they've, they've probably been hurt by that stereotype. Yeah. Like, you know, like you yeah. said, like the, totally. oh, the, yeah. the frat dude, yeah. like, and you just said I was, you know, yeah. like literally I, I like, I'll walk in somewhere, you know, with my little shorts and my, you know, big old comfort color t-shirts or polos, whatever that, just name, you know, whatever frat outfit you want to. <laughs> and like, I will get these looks of just like, it looks like they're not even looking at me. Mm. It looks like they're looking at somebody else. Like somebody else that hurt them so bad. Like yeah. so deep. I want to give you a hug right And it now. was like, <laughs> no, but like, this is something, you know, you, you, I still do. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, Dude, totally. I, like this isn't me that you're experiencing. Like, this is somebody else that hurt you a way long time ago. Yeah. That you have this, like, this wall to certain people like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think just like you can experience a lot more life by taking down those walls yeah. of those people that you have this like persona about that like, oh, you hold up that cookie gutter to them and you're like, yep, that's that same person not talking to them. Yeah. You know, or I don't really want to like, I'm going to avoid that person. Yeah. Like I think the more you can like go out of your way and be like, you know what? Like I need to, I need to just break this wall down. Like I need to go talk to them. Yeah. You know, cause they're a person too. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, well, and it's hard because I totally agree with that. But then I also like to call the other side to it where, I mean, naturally we want to protect ourselves, right? So we create little shortcuts yeah. for ourselves and we make split, you know, split second decisions on what we see or, you know, am I safe? Am I not safe? And then you kind of, I mean, sometimes you can make the wrong call and all of a sudden you're actually in a, a terrible situation. And, and that's the part that's so hard about it, though, because I agree yeah. with you. It's like you might not be that person, but then if you are, right, and I know you're not, but, like, if someone is, if someone is, then all of a sudden, you know, you're unsafe. So it, it's such a fine line because it's, like, I love the point, and I always agree with it. And I'm like, yeah, but then I'm also in the moment, I, I, I'm like, am I safe? You know, am I yeah. okay? Um, so it's, it's very hard. Like you almost have to do it, but find spaces that you can do it that, that change. And I mean, and Jess, you just did a training on this today, but I don't know, like change your bias in like a very, in a very safe way. I don't know. Yeah. We were just talking about that and pressing and all dudes out there. I honestly feel for you guys. Cause you get put in a box sometimes. Um, like for me, like, cause you brought it up. Like I don't trust anybody that wrestles because I was sexually assaulted by one. So to me, that really hits a deep spot. And so I, and, and he, you know, he was able to because he knew wrestling moves mm-hmm. and I did not. And luckily I was not, you know, drunk or high or anything. I was able to get myself out of that situation. But, um, you know, that's how I feel about that male stereotype is that, you wow. know, that if someone is coming at me or like being alone with a guy, like it's scary for a female, like, and I hate that because I know so many amazing guys and, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's always that like one, one person that ruins it and you have to keep this huge wall or guard up and it's frustrating. Um, even like being, you know, a female and I wish I didn't have to do that, but now I have all these like, you know, bias, biases of, people and you know or someone was just talking today in a class how 
you know, as a young kid, she was told that by her mom that if she stayed out past the lights going off or going on, that she was going to get kidnapped. So she never played outside by herself. And now as an adult with two little girls, she always puts her guard up anytime a male comes near her and pretty much goes into um, pretty much fight or flight mode of like, can I take this dude down if I drop my bag and like karate chop him in the nuts, you know? So <laughs> it's just kind of, it's this really hard thing. And I mean, I dated a dude in a fraternity too. So it's like, I, I feel for you yeah. <laughs> and I know what that's like. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rough having that because everybody has an unconscious bias yeah. and it's hard to train your brain to think about it. You always will have it, but to, to actually be thinking about it is, is really hard sometimes. Oh, and I, I agree. Like, especially with like, you know, if the, the things that have like deeply wounded you, like those walls are always going to be a lot thicker and a lot harder to bring down. And honestly, like a lot of people go their whole lives and they just have that same wall up. Um, and like, I'm so sorry what happened to you with the wrestler. Like, I, I can't even imagine. Um, I've never been through anything like that. Um, but I mean, I mean, there's like walls in my life that I've had to like take down about people. Like, uh, I used to have an adopted brother from Russia um, when I was a kid, uh, up until I was in second grade. And he ended up having like a psychological problem, the same one that Ted Bundy had, which is like reactive attachment oh, wow. disorder. And like we we ended up not being able to keep him, but basically from the time he was there, so what I don't know, maybe it's like five years or so, like he he would try to like kill me in different ways. Sounds like pretty intense, right? Yeah. So like um, Oh my yeah, god. Like, yeah, I know, but like so I like, he would, like, either, like, you know, like, truck beds? You know how they have those toolboxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he would lock me in one of those what? for, like, the whole day. Dude. Or, like, he would, like, try to stab me with, like, kitchen knives or stuff like that. Anyway, I'm going to make this so short. But, like, <laughs> yeah, he, you know, we went to a psychologist. Like, we went to four different psychologists till the time we finally got to one of the top psychologists in the state of Texas who's, like, specified in kids with reactive attachment disorder. She's seen thousands of kids. She's written books on this. She's the person you go to. And she said that he was either the number one or two most dangerous kids she's ever met oh. in her life. And she said the only reason why you're not number one is because all of y'all aren't dead yet. Oh, my god. So, number one, uh, locked all the windows somehow or another. I can't, I can't tell you why or how this happened. But basically, locked up all the windows, all doors, everything, lit the house from inside. Everyone, all the family, all dead. Yep. So anyway, like, ad like, kids that were adopted, I had this huge, like, oh, oh no, like, dude, you've got to be messed up. Interesting. Because of what I had gone through. Right. Right? Because of my experiences. Please. But then, you know, my roommate now, guess what? He's adopted. He's from Indonesia. Like, and so, just like, I've just met people along the way in my life that have, like, totally changed my aspect on that. And, like, honestly, for myself, like, I would totally get into adopting. Like, even though my experience was awful, like, and you know what? There's, he had a rough, like, upbringing over there in Russia because, like, orphanages over there back in the 90s were absolutely awful. Um, I mean, they had, like, no food, no nothing. Yeah. It was, they were in survival mode, yeah. basically. And so I'm not going to let one bad apple 
um, the whole group, yeah. like, try to, like, steer me away from doing something good. Yeah. Or, like, having a stigma about something. You know? Yeah. So, I think, you know, obviously that was a long time ago, and, like, that's, like, a, you know, a wall that, you know, you can say it's so easy to bring down because it's been so long or so young. But, like, I had to go to a psychologist from the time I was in second grade to freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, it was insane. But even um, being able to, like, recognize those walls that you have in others. So, like, on the flip, you now are able to walk into places and recognize, oh, that person has a wall up for me, and so I can choose to live into that, or I can just keep being myself. For and, sure. Like, I can't remember the example, but it was, again, when I first moved here. Oh, I went to Billy Bob's. <laughs> <laughs> I love Billy Bob's. <laughs> Billy Bob's, if you guys ever go to Dallas, it's on the Fort Worth side. And it's just like a honky-tonk. Yeah. yeah. And they do like line dancing. Like, I mean, the whole thing. And so we went because Willie Nelson was playing there. And so Dylan and I were like, we want to go see Willie Nelson play at Billy Bob's. And I walked in and everybody had their like cow girl gear boy gear like they had yeah, it all on it. all of it the whole nine yards and I'm I have like I don't look like that at all and I'm like everybody's just staring at me and um I had talked to my dad earlier in the week about it and he was like okay so you can walk into these places where you look and act differently and you know you talk like a city slicker and like you know whatever um and you can subdue yourself and now you're just playing to whatever stereotypes anyone has or you can just be you mm-hmm. and then they'll realize like you're just like that like yeah. you're all the same and so don't do the same thing to them that they you think they're doing to you and I was just like oh my god you're right and so in that moment I was really uncomfortable I was like oh my gosh everybody's staring at me and then I was like they just want to have a good time I'm gonna just show them that somebody that looks like me can can be just as fun and like whatever and so I like went and I did my dumb I didn't know what I was doing on that dance floor but they didn't care they're just like (laughs) wanting you to have fun with them I don't know so I think it's allowing ourselves to experience the walls for ourselves too is like there allows um it's like an invitation to recognize like oh I am experiencing a wall what do I want to do with it as Mm -hmm. the receiver of that because you have you know, you have a choice there, too. You do. It's kind of yeah. interesting. For sure. I think, Janelle, what you said, though, like, obviously, there's a time and place. And, yeah. like, you don't want to be dumb. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be dumb. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, you should try your shot every single time that you meet somebody that, you know, <laughs> is different than you. But I definitely think whenever... You kind of feel that conviction of, man, every time I see somebody like this, like, I always treat them like this, or I just completely just avoid them. I think, I think that's just kind of, and you know, it's a safe place to do it, right? Like, you know, especially, I didn't think about this, like, being a girl, it's different. Mm. It is different, because, like, you know, guys, guys take advantage of, like, women all the time, and so, you know, you have to be so much more careful. Right? And you're like nice for two seconds, and then all of a sudden it's oh. completely the wrong idea. I mean, guys, yeah. 
guys get turned on, like, literally, you just look at them. And they're just like, yeah, they want me. Yeah, that, uh-huh. Yeah, you saw that, right? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you obviously have to be careful with yeah. something like that. Yeah. But when you get the opportunity in a safe place, I definitely think you go for it. Mm-hmm. You, you try to tear down that wall. Because yeah. I think it's going to make you a better person, and I think it's also going to make that person you're talking to. They're probably thinking the same thing about you. Yeah. You know? So. Totally. Go for it. <laughs> so I'm curious, Preston, yeah. fresh out of college-ish for the most part. We'll call it fresh out of college. You're less than a year. Like Have you college. started to um, experience any of those big transition feelings in where you're at now? 100%, Janelle. I mean... I think everyone, if, if someone tells you they're not experiencing transition, you know, whatever, like, everyone's, like, experiencing transition all the time. But, yes, I think college to, hey, now, because everything is so set up for you, you know? You got elementary school, like, people are telling you to go to class. They're spending, they're telling you how to spend your day, right? And even, you know kind of in college too like you have a set schedule you've got classes right um and then you graduate from college and there's no like small four-year goal step right it's like when you get to college you're like sweet i'm gonna be here four years or if you want to go and be a fifth year you go be a fifth year right (laughs) and like you you have this goal though in mind and like once you get to that goal it's like all right on to the next thing and so I, I'm a very, like, I'm a competitive person. Not in, like, an unhealthy way, but, like, I just love reaching goals because it just feels so good, and I love getting better. But the thing is, is, like, it's hard because you can't measure yourself to the same measurement standards as in college. When I go turn in an essay, like, I get a certain grade. At work or just in life, after that, it's a blank slate. Like, you are your own critic, right? And it's, like, how you're doing in life. You're and like, so, I paid my electric bill. Yeah, great. <laughs> a Good, plus. that's, like, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's passing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's passing. It's, Welcome. Uh, but, like, it's just, you know, it was overwhelming. It was definitely overwhelming. I'm a thinker. I, I love to think. But sometimes I can drift off in my thinking so far. I'm like, how did I get here, you know? I'm like, what? You know, I gotta make sense of all this. But I think that was the biggest issue I had for me because, you know, like, you wanna make something of yourself. You wanna make an impact on the world. Everybody does, right? And so I get this blank slate, and especially, like, I had this big old plan to be a, you know, philosopher. I was like, shoot ya, this is it, right? And so I, I get out of that, I get out of college, and like, I got no money to go to school, like shoot, master school's not cheap, right? And like no corporation is gonna pay for me to go get my master's in some Christian school to get my, you know, full you know, masters in philosophy. Like that's just ridiculous. And so, like, you know, I just I mean, it's still this is still something I think about all the time. You know, like what am I gonna do when I grow up? Well, I think there's fifty year old men asking themselves the same thing. And I, think I ask myself just, that all the time. Exactly. Like, I think <laughs> Not a 50-year-old man. So I'm just like, oh, what do I do when I grow up? You know? People sit in their retirement center. What do I do when I grow up? Mm. And so yeah. I feel like it's just, I think goals are important when you're an adult. 
Um, whether, you know, if that's going to be a financial goal for you, sure, go for it. If that's like a personal goal, I think you need to have both, honestly. I think you need to have career goals. I think you need to have personal goals. Um, and that's something that, like, people in my office actually kind of approach me. Like, they're like, when I was going in for interviews, they're like, so what are your goals? What are your goals? What are your goals? I'm like, dude, I just graduated college. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like I don't even know if I'm going to take this job. Like, <laughs> my goal is to get a job and get paid money so I can pay my bills. And, and then, But then, you know, I get a couple months in the job and, like, you know, I'm in kind of like a sales environment, and so like it's 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 a hard environment to be in. You know, like you're just constantly having to push yourself, right? And like constantly having to self motivate. And so like I finally got to a point. Where I was like, oh my gosh! Like you just kind of like look up, and you're just looking around. Everyone's on the phones, you know, or you know, just talking or yelling, whatever. And you're like, what are we doing? I'm a part what? of the machine. I, I'm. What are we doing? Like in what? Okay, so what are we doing? What are all this for? You know? Mm-hmm. And so. Just is over here snapping. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I feel for you. Like, I, I think I'm on the same page with you. Um, being an event planner major, I am a planner oh, at heart. <laughs> and so, and, you know, in life. And that's probably not the best thing because I've learned that you can't plan life. Um, but that was my, I think that's why I had such a hard time after college is like, I always had these plans and these goals through college. And then when you're done, you're like, well, shit, what do you do? Like, okay, I got to get a job. Am I going to like that job? How long am I going to stay in that job? Oh, I'm going to be in this relationship. Oh, well, I want to get married one day. I also want to have kids. So then I was like trying to like make out this timeline and then, you know, through therapy and through realization over time, I'm like, what the hell? You can't do that. You can't plan life. You know, things happen. And so I finally had this thing of like, well, you need to set new realistic goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them being I am going to get a junior project management certification. And I've paid for it, but I haven't started because it's almost like being back in school again. Yeah. And you know, that was three years ago. So it's like, how do I, how do I be in work and study? And you know, be, you know, grow my professional development. And it's, it's rough. And then, you know, my only life goal, and I, I used to kind of look down on myself for having it, but I don't anymore, is that one day I wanna be a mom. Mm. And what I had to change my goal about was be a mom by 30. Well, I can't plan that. So my plan or my goal is to be a mom. But and that would make me like the happiest thing, but I can't plan when that's going to happen. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, getting back into the um student mentality is what's going to be uh hard for me and my mom actually just got her masters at 55 so if she can if she can do it then i can get a damn certification and study for that for five months so yeah so i'm gonna pull from her because she was working full-time and did that and so what'd she get her uh, master's in um something in uh public 
Matt, uh, public policy. She works for the sheriff's department. Okay. Or sheriff, county sheriff's office um, in records, and she's a manager. It's like public administration. Pu- public administration, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, did, did she shift careers? Um, so, long story short, when I was a kid, my she was, you know, making more money than my mom. She didn't want to do the stay-at-home mom thing. And my grandma basically said, I will pay you to stay home because you're going to miss it. And so she did. She never stopped working. She always had part-time jobs. Um, but she was, like, in, you know, finance and stock and all of that and um, kind of shifted, started um, subbing as a teacher, decided she didn't want to be a teacher and then started working for the police department and then didn't like that but stuck with it because you know pension (laughs) (laughs) and um and then she decided that she wasn't gonna really move up unless she furthered her degree so she decided to do that at you know 54. god i love that and she's just fucking cool. Like yeah. I look up to her. I just ran a half marathon with her. Um, yeah, she's like the coolest person. Like I, I always looked up to my grandma, and then she passed, and now I looked up up to my mom. And you know, I was like, shit, if she can do that at fifty five, yeah. full time job, and like all of these things, and I'm like, well, I need to start like you know working on myself too. So. Well, and, like, uh, we always, like, wherever you are, you always think, like, oh, I'm too old. Like, I should have figured it out already. Like, every yeah. fucking time. Like, when I was 26, when I was 27, when I was 28, 29, all the way. Like, and so to the point where this year, um, 36 was probably the hardest year. 35 wasn't hard for me for whatever reason. But 36, I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? And then at some point during this year, I was like, man, probably because I'm like hanging around 20-somethings all the time. And they're constantly (laughs) like, they're constantly like, oh, I've missed my chance. I'm like, okay, seriously, I'm so much older than you. And I just reinvented myself. And oh my gosh, Siri, why? And, um... And so this year, I was like, man, when you're fucking in, in your 40s, you're going to think back to when you were 36 and think you're about like, oh, you, you're so you're little, young. you're a young buck. And so then I was like, so I'm just going to keep thinking that because that is the reality. Like, we are as young as we decide we want to be. And when I am living into that, it's like, I literally can do anything. It's so much better. And, and why would anybody put an age limit on when you can learn something? <laughs> totally. Like, if you're not progressing, you're regressing. Like, <laughs> yeah, why, totally. Like, true, true. Why at any time do you think, oh, no, I'm too old to learn? I know. But sadly, that I mean, there are. So, yeah. I think I still yeah. do that. Yes. Oh, yes. I am. Yes. Yeah, I do that so often. I'm like, man, I'm 23. I should, like, know what I want to do, like, <laughs> career-wise. And I'm like, I'm talking to people in my office who are, like, 40-something, and they're like, dude, I don't even know what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, you're <laughs> there, dude. What are you talking about, <laughs> you know? They're going, you need to know, not. yeah. Yeah, and so you just, you know, you're always learning. Mm-hmm. You're always learning. Yeah. It's weird. Can I... What's that? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's it's kind of interesting, too, because my mom will always say it, but in their generation, you know, you had to have a career. You had to be in a job, progress, be there for 10 plus years, but now it's almost acceptable to kind of move around and find your place. Like, if you look at a resume and you see someone three years here, two years there, like, 
they don't even blink an eye almost like it's getting there back it up i think it's getting there i i definitely have had my fair share of interviews because i've bebopped around and like where people were like what's going on here like what's Mm -hmm. up are you going to stick with us we want to make sure that there's a commitment level um but yeah i agree with you i do think it is shifting um but there's still there's still an old school mentality that exists I out there. I think that's kind of created like a problem though. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on the industry you're in yes. as to how committed. Cause like, you know, I, I work in like IT. If you're there, if you're somewhere for six months, we're not going to question you. Yeah, totally. Like that's, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, tech, tech is very tech different. Is very different. Yeah, so like maybe yeah. two so months. So people jumping. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're going to ask yeah. you, oh, so why did you leave? Yeah. But we're not going to be like, mm, we don't believe you. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. But I think the the commitment we are not committed anymore. Whereas our our parents are maybe too committed to something to where mm-hmm. they're blind to. Oh my gosh, this might not be good for me. But yet they've done it their whole stinking lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like I like where how do we get to like a balance of like hey I need to stay committed to this. Or do I not? Or like, what what does like commitment look like? Like a healthy amount of commitment. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's happening. I think, but I think that's what's happening. It's like the pendulum swings to extremes until Mm -hmm. it like finds the middle ground. And for some people, a level of commitment for your entire life even though that was what an entire generation was expected to do, there was probably a good percentage of people that loved that, you know? Uh And on the other side of the coin, like we're kind of shifting to a more, I'm going to say like mobile professionalism and, and that works really well for me, you know? And so there's Mm -hmm. a chunk of people that that works really well for. And so I think within that spectrum, people will, you know, there might be companies that actually decide we are going to be a commitment-based company, but we're going to recognize that sometimes there are people that aren't. And so I think it's just, it's, we're in the shift and it will, it will settle out and people will settle into their position within that spectrum. Um, as we have these conversations, as people who are more mobily professional, (laughs) I just totally made that up. That's the dumbest phrase ever. But, (laughs) but for more people who are like that, um, you know, who start businesses and make it totally acceptable to be, you know, more that way. Now, like even outside of just like the workforce though, like let's talk about relationships. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think, you know, back in the day, let's go to like the fifties and sixties where like, People are married. You're staying married no matter what what. happens. If the husband or wife cheats, you're staying together. No one's going to find out about it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay? You know, if you're getting abused, like, you're sticking with it. And, like, your mom's telling you the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, is that level? I don't think that level of commitment's healthy. But then here we go, 21st century and now literally more than half like, of, yeah, now we're like, eh. <laughs> like love is just this feeling and like, it's not commitment. It's just kind of, I don't like you anymore, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to work to try to, you know, yeah. find those things that I first loved about you. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but bye. There's this other person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's right either. Like, so 
why can't why can't <laughs> humans just be perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. God. Like I I hate being you know a twenty something in this century. Like it sucks. Like I wish I could just like the natural thing would be is you walk up and meet someone at the park or a bar or a brewery or something. And I mean, that happens still, but also it's just like social media is this deep, dark hole. And, you know, if you're dating someone, you can know 24-7 what they're doing after you broke up and it takes (laughs) twice as long to get over. Whereas like, you know, 30 years ago, that didn't exist. And, you know, if you broke up with someone, you kind of wish them good luck and then you probably never saw them again. And I just find this like really weird thing of like, you know, you look on this dating app and you swipe left or right just because they look cute or not. And, you know, I and people I feel like because of that, they hide behind their phones and it's really hard to meet someone, you know, unless you're processing and, and, and you require it, a phone call. Yeah. I'm hard to meet. <laughs> I feel like dating culture like that's I think that's the hardest part after college is you know meeting people in a natural setting versus the virtual world because also the virtual world is scary like are you meeting that person or or not like you're meeting someone else so something I've been Marco Polo and Rachel about lately and I think it kind of speaks to it too and that that culture of like yeah I think you're cute or you're not and you just like swipe as even like the levels of self-esteem that we have sometimes. Cause I know like if I spend too much time like looking at even not even like men, but just like other women out there, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I should get lip injections and Oh, this is wrong with me. And then all of a sudden you're in this like spiral of I'm not good enough when if I didn't see that everyone else was doing X, Y, Z, I'd be like, I'm fine. Like I've, I, I actually think like the older I get sometimes the more insecure I get because of like spending time on social media. Cause there's something maybe in Wisconsin too, like, I don't know. I always felt really great about myself in Wisconsin. I was like, I look fantastic. I'm the hottest bitch up in here. And then like even going to like California or spending the weekend in LA, I'm like, Ooh, am I ugly? Like, and I know I'm not, but you know, and like, even if I it doesn't matter, yeah. but you know, beauty's like in the eye of the beholder, but I think it can get very, um, I don't know. It can, you can definitely get like sucked into societal norms yeah like I mean just recently my I've gained like 10 pounds but I've realized that it's muscle because people kept keep telling me in the last couple months they're like damn you look good have you been working out look at those guns and like I get like all these Instagram things from my friends like whoa like what have you been doing you look awesome I was like shit I gain weight but you know I'm not thinking of it like that and mm-hmm. yeah, I have been working out really hard and pushing myself and running and going to the gym four to five times a week. But, you know, to me, I don't look different. But to other people, yeah. I do. But it's also like one of those things. It's like, well, if they're not saying that, then what's wrong with me? So yeah. it's kind of yeah. like this very, <laughs> like I said, big, black, deep, dark hole of yeah. like social media. So yeah. I don't know. But and you know, devil's advocate. On the flip side of that, it's like, I... Let's go. I mean, okay, again, like, 
so now I follow, like, I'm not on social media all the time, and I definitely see all the young kids with their, like, thongs posing, like, their models, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that, but, I mean, I could do that, but then on the flip, it's like, I've all of a sudden started following all these people, not just women, people who are really owning who they are, like, whatever it is, and I love it so much. And now when I, you know, put on that dress or like go to put on that swimsuit and I think about like nobody wants to see blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, man, if you can't just go out there and own who you are, no one's going to see anything different. And so I think we talked about this maybe um, in another like last week or something, but I got to Texas and I just all of a sudden started getting like the worst acne I've ever had in my life to the point where I like wouldn't even want to go work out at the gym because everybody looks so fucking perfect there here and I'm just like oh my god and then I finally was just like honestly like this is stupid like I am awesome people get acne this is not that big of a deal I am normalizing perfection instead of normalizing normal shit normal human body and so same thing like I you know when I was in my mid-20s I didn't ever have a six-pack but I had four-pack and I would go to those cycling classes I'd be cycling in my sports bra I was just like so hot and then (laughs) you know I'm 36 like freaking I'm not gonna be I'm not a 20 year old but The other day I was in a cycling class and I was just like, screw this. Like, screw me needing to have a fucking six pack in order to, I'm I'm hot. It's hot in here. I'm sweat. I'm working my ass off. (laughs) The shirt is coming off. Like, I don't care. And I don't know. It's for me is like, I've been choosing now, like show up to, so that you're part of the normalization instead of normalizing the perfection that exists. Um, and I, that's the part I can play and I'm strong enough to be able to show up if somebody thinks something about me is gross or they don't want to see it or whatever. I, it's okay. I can handle it. And maybe I couldn't have always been that, been that way, but I'm that way now and for, for the most part. And so, yeah, so I do appreciate Instagram for, um, the other end of the pendulum swing where I'm able to see, like, what's that one woman that we always share back and forth, Janelle? My birds birds pop. Yeah. yeah, I follow her too. Oh, she's so awesome. And there's like this mm. other woman, and I'm just Nazicon like, or whatever. Yeah, fuck yeah. And I've been trying to switch my Instagram for that exact reason. I'm like, I'm stopping following all the people on The Bachelor that I love because yes, I haven't brought up The Bachelor yet. So. <laughs> People on the bench. Yeah. And I am following people that make me like accept my body better. Yeah. And they don't make me, but they give me the space to be able to do that and not compare myself as much. I mean, here's the reality. We're all going to get old and wrinkly. Yeah. (laughs) And let it happen. It's going to happen. And so, and I think that's the other thing too. It's like, you can hate on yourself for the inevitability of it. And that's a waste of fucking time. Like, it's going to happen. And so can you just accept that it's happening and then actually enjoy your life because nobody else is noticing and the people that do, it really doesn't matter. And again, you know, easier said than done sometimes, but it's true. Like I could sit there and worry over my old wrinkly neck 
or I can be like happy that at 36, I look like I'm 12. And <laughs> when I'm 45, I'm going to be looking back at photos of myself being like, damn, you know? Because <laughs> right. that's how it always happens, yeah. though. Because yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know, for me, at least I'm like never happy in the moment. And then I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I looked like that. And then no. I'm like, bitch, you don't like yourself. What do you look like that then? Like, calm down. Like yourself yeah. now. <laughs> I'm like curious now that we turn this into a girl conversation. But like, <laughs> no, I think Preston, have the same way, like, but, yeah, yeah, how do you feel? I just want to listen like, to it all right now. But I guess I'm oh, my gosh. <laughs> I <laughs> Um, and wrinkly and so, fat. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Janelle, you said, you know, beauty is based on the eye of the beholder, but, you know, I, I'm not trying to be that person. But also, for <laughs> me, beauty goes beyond, like, just the eye, right? Yeah. I think people carry, like, an essence about them. And, like, at least in, like, my dating experience, like, man, I have... I have dated girls who have been all shapes, heights, sizes, and colors. I mean, I, like, everyone's like, you know, all my, all my guy friends, like, dude, so what's your tie, bro? So what's your tie? You know, and I'm like, and we're all, you know, looking at the track record here, and we're going, holy crap, dude, like, what, where are you? Like, what, what are you trying to go for? And I'm like, you know, I don't really know, man. I'm not really going for something, like, you know, and... I think just, you know, I think everyone where they are the most special is, like, it's not, if you're perfect, if you're, like, you got this perfect body, like, what makes you different than anyone else? Like, I think it's your imperfections that really make you unique and you different from everybody else. Um, And I know that's just so easier said than done. And, dude, I look in the mirror every single day, you know, making whatever. Like, oh, shoot, I got to – oh, man, my hair looks awful, you know. Oh, my gosh, this shirt doesn't even match these pants, like, or does it, you know. Wow, that's, like, like, real rudimentary stuff. Intentionally not match. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I just think we just can't get too caught up and like, you know, like – we can we can't change everything about the way we look, right? Like, and if this is your life goal, is to just change the way you look, like I think that's just a little maybe like too centered on ourselves. And I think if life is too short, just to focus on the aesthetic. I think you know life is always a balance, right? So like you know when I look at someone and they're in shape, I'm thinking, dang, okay, like this person cares about like. So, like, they carry themselves to a standard that's high because they want to, like, they want to stay healthy. They want to live a long time. Like, they're driven people, you know? And so I don't think it's a bad thing if someone looks good. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, my gosh. If you see the hottest dude you've ever seen or the prettiest girl, you know, I'm not saying they're, like, so consumed with themselves. But I think there just needs to be a healthy balance of, like, hey, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to do the best, like, I can to make myself like the most approachable but then there's also like hey like the only thing to me is not just my aesthetic like it's also like my personality and you need to work on that just as much if not more you know because you you can have you know you can date some let's just go to dating you can date somebody that's maybe the hottest person you've ever met in your entire life but if that's it like dude you're gonna go on two dates and be done Mm -hmm. you know I mean, and that's happened with me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who is this woman? I have to take her on a date. I'll go on a date. 
I'm like, I don't even, I've asked you every question, I'm getting one word responses, and then you're on your phone trying to take like the perfect angle Snapchat of yourself, we hardly talked, now you want to take a photo, like, you know, like we hardly even talked, I don't want to get a photo with you, (laughs) you know, and so, I don't know, there's just, not that I don't know, I'm saying, I, I just, I don't think that you need to focus 100% on aesthetics. I think you need to keep yourself healthy like, and be approachable. Yeah, it's funny, too, you say that because it's like, I, you know, women, I don't want to say in general, but most women, like, we, we tend to judge ourselves a little harder than guys. And it's funny because, like, the type of guy I'm attracted to is not fit. <laughs> and, you know, I've dated that before, and they spend – you know, three hours a day in the gym and they value that more than, you know, they valued that more than spending time with me and, you know, going into the gym and everything like that's important. That's mental health. That's like, you know, getting yourself in check. That's doing something for you. But for someone who like would do like two days every day, like six days a week, I'm like, I don't want to date that type of person. Like, do they just care about themselves and the way they look and have like a six pack? Like, I mean, I don't do that, and that makes me feel like shit. So I'm like, uh, you know, like there are more things important than looking absolutely perfect, and I'd rather eat a burger than go to the gym for four hours. So I didn't eat dinner. That sounds good. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because so Dylan, um, his dad is like a larger guy, and when, like, at some point, I lived with them for a while <laughs> in their basement, and um, he had to go to the doctor, and the doctor was like, you have, like, the heart of, like, a marathon runner, which is crazy because his dad is, like, big beer belly, like, Milwaukee dude. And yeah. so we were, like, joking about, like, how crazy that is, and not to say that, like, you know, you can just eat whatever you want. Like, I think that's probably, he's probably, you know, an anomaly of sorts, but I've learned a lot from living with them about enjoying life and not putting yeah. so much stress on yourself to the point where you actually, it's actually unhealthy because you're trying to become this picture of perfection. And through that, even if it's a, you know, quote unquote, healthy stress, you know, at an extreme, that's also not healthy. And now you're just worried the whole time and hating on yourself and like, God damn it, just eat the donut. Like, like enjoy it. Hell and yeah. like Yeah, and I, I really appreciate I really appreciated living um in that environment, which they just didn't worry. They were just like, This is what I feel like doing today. And they did eat healthy, but they also enjoyed themselves and like I don't know, it's it's refreshing. And when I have lived in that space I am experiencing the pe- the people and the experiences around me instead of worrying about what I look like or what they look like or what we look like or any of that crap. And um, it was I'm I'm grateful that I got to experience that because I think it's helped me shift my life pretty dramatically. And not that I still don't obviously look in the mirror and go like, oh, you could fix that, but. I then can remember like, oh yeah, but I really enjoyed that experience or that thing or this is more important. And so I'm going to lean into that um, more than leaning into trying to fix something about myself that is not worth my time. Hmm. Yeah. 
I didn't have anything to add. I was just, mm, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Solid agreement. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about uh, how you both live your true north? Yeah, let's do it. In one Ooh, word. Like, in yeah. One how do you word. live your true north? Do I don't even know north? how to answer that. Like, I need some <laughs> coaching. Yeah. One word. I, that's it. Oh, one word. Shoot. Today. Over time, it can change. But for today, you need to narrow it down to one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't okay. think we prepped them right. <laughs> I think I know. I think I know my word. All right. Go, Jess. Um, bloom. Cool. Do t- okay, and now tell us more, because we always say one word and then elaborate. <laughs> All right. Um, I, gosh, I feel like I don't know what my full phrase was, but it was part of a phrase that I picked for um, a bracelet that I got. Um, Janelle has one, too. It's kind of like a one phrase, one word thing that you kind of want to yeah, yeah. We got live them. your life by. Do you know yeah, that is intention, intention bracelets. Intention bracelets. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yes. <laughs> we both we have them, too. Yeah. Bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jess okay, has hers, too. I'm wearing my... redo this. Okay. We're slacking. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say bloom for my word, but the full um, actual phrase was bloom with grit. Ooh. Um, so kind of like this... You know, I've gone through a lot, and bloom is an interesting word because it only happens once, but I'm thinking of, you know, an everlasting bouquet of flowers because mm-hmm. I freaking love flowers. I think they're the best gift, by the way, um, which is interesting because they die, but um, I think that they're my favorite gift. Um, and bloom with grit, kind of like bloom with grace, bloom with, you know, your true self, so, like, grow into yourself, and I feel like... You can do that over and over again. Um, so that's kind of what I live by because I, I've gone through this really, really tough, tough chapter in my life. And I found the other side. And, you know, it might continuously happen, but it's probably going to be a little easier because I went through something that, you know, I feel like a lot of people go through, but they just don't talk about it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my word. My phrase. I would say my word would be progress. If I had to make it into a phrase, it would be progress, not perfection. And I know that's kind of a theme of what we talked about, but honestly, that has kind of been just like an underlying theme for the last couple of years. Shoot, actually, it's only been a year, honestly. Well, a year and a half or so. But like, you know, going from, hey, I'm going to be a philosopher, right? Or like teaching philosophy to now I'm a freaking technical recruiter, right? Um, And like, you know, being like a pastor or like getting back into philosophy or like being a missionary, like that's still something that's on my heart, something I want to do. But, you know, I think the the more you live life, the, the more you realize like not everything's just a push of a button. And so it's just a matter of like every day, what am I doing to get myself to that goal? And so, and it's not going to happen overnight. And like, I'm an impatient person. So for me saying this, like, I, I mean, 
I do not always do this, and I do not always think this. And there's probably seasons in my life, I, like, I'm like, that's not true, you know? But it is so true. Like, you know, the only thing you can do is progress. You can't, you can't get perfection. So. And everything you just said, it, that is literally the embodiment of pro- progressing and not perfection. Yeah. So it's perfect. Um, I also just love how in both of your guys' words, there's like um, an acknowledgement of the uniqueness of the path and the journey and the experience that you're having and like an honoring of that uniqueness and like embracing it for what it is. And so um, I think a lot of times when people hear true north or being authentic, it's like you're you're trying to hold yourself up to this expected standard of yourself, but really it's in those like really weird, unique moments that you kind of figure out who you are and actually get to um, be authentic. So I appreciate that. I'm like, just sitting with it. It feels good. So thank you. Good stuff. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for experimenting with us. Yes. 100%. Yeah, it was fun. I think we jammed pretty well. I think so, I too. I think we did, too. Oh, and I was good. like, I'm into this. I know. <laughs> Janelle's been, like, gunning. She's like, let's get some weird people that don't know each other. I was like, all right. Cool. Yeah, okay. Fit that bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if people want to get in touch with you, Preston, what's the best way of doing it? Yes. I mean, we talked about that earlier. Um you can call me. Uh, <laughs> Do so, not. No, I am not going to like put your phone no, no. there. So you you can I mean you can follow me on Instagram. I check that you know on a couple daily basis. Okay, cool. I guess. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so you can put it in the show notes. But um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Cool. I mean, if you have any questions, I I will respond on that. Um, trying to think of anything else. I try to keep off my phone as much as possible just because I've just felt for myself that's just kind of when I'm at my best time is like off my phone so I just try to make that a purposeful thing but I will get on you know I check out with friends and stuff like that on there so it's probably the best way sweet Jess how about you um same way i actually hate email as well it's mostly just to get my dsw discounts for my (laughs) shoes (laughs) um so yeah instagram handle is jess sohn last name is s-o-h-n everybody thinks i'm asian because apparently that's an asian last name but i am definitely not it's also a german word it is also a shortened german word so it's definitely i am part german um, I What's check my German DMs for? all the, yeah, I check my DMs uh, on the frequent, I am public, not private, so that's cool, also I have some <laughs> random, uh, season 15, yes. uh, bachelorette dudes following me as well as Janelle, so that's oh, interesting, yeah. I heard about yeah. that, wow. that's, that's honestly very weird, <laughs> I don't know. I keep on trying to DM them just saying like, you know, I honestly just want to know how you found my my um my Instagram, but you know, they never, never answer back. Them. So, uh-huh. that's fine. That's interesting. So, <laughs> I I need to go back on that. If you could email me <laughs> 
but I know. So I, we talked about this. I checked my email now, but I'm actually private on Instagram, so you're not going to be able to message right. me. But my email is Preston and then Bowers. It's B-O-W-E-R-S dot L-T-C at gmail.com. Perfect. I will respond to your email because most of the emails I get are like from free and all these different, like you said, retailers. So if it's a <laughs> random name that I don't know, I'm probably going to be a little interested. So mm-hmm. I will email you back. That's sweet. Would you email me back? Oh, absolutely. Ask away. I love questions. Yeah, it's he, like he my really favorite does. thing. Oh my gosh, I forgot. So when we first met each other, I was like asking him all these religious questions like his God and Jesus and like, because I don't know, I was just like wanted to have the dialogue with somebody. And so I sent him like this long oh, email <laughs> thread. Yeah. Gosh. It was like all these questions about like the universe and like death and life and all of it and then he'd be like I'm gonna respond and then he did and it was this novel and so then I, it took me like a month and then I responded a novel back I forgot about we that we so need to go back yeah, on that I agree. Just, uh, we could literally have a book I know from our you actually friend. I remember you saying we should keep doing this so we can make a book we should okay there you go all right <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. This is so much fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye. Peace. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time. Thank you.